Welcome to Do It With Dan, entrepreneurial philanthropist, public speaker and author, creator of the Beyond Intention Paradigm. Here is your host, Daniel Mangana. Hello, everyone, and thank you for joining for a videoed Do It With Dan podcast. We do these every now and then. That's why I've got my fancy clothes on. Uh, generally, I'm in a T-shirt because people aren't going to hear me. But every now and then, I spruce up because I've got a lovely guest. And that's happening today. My guest today is Trisha Brooks. Now, let me give you guys a bit of a bit of background. A dear friend of mine, Valerie, was like, oh my God, Dan, I'm working with the best person for my TED Talk. You've got to come and listen to it. I was like, well, I can't at the moment, but I'm sure it will be available to watch a video. She said, okay. I was like, oh my God, just this week, I recommitted to getting on a TEDx talk. She said, oh my God, I've got to connect you. I said, okay, let's do it. And here we are. With the magical lady who's supporting me in getting beyond intention, flow following all things Danism out into the world. And without further ado, I'm going to stop talking and let you talk. <laughs> oh my goodness, Daniela, I'm so excited to be here with you today. And you spruce up very nicely, by the way. Thank you very much. My pleasure. Yes, so I'm super excited to be able to support you. And of course, Valerie is going to be taking her TED stage on October 10th. Yep. A few days from now, and uh, her idea we're spreading is incredible. Mm -hmm. And it is truly my mission to support speakers in elevating and amplifying their voices in order to serve humanity and make the world a better place. That is why I get up every single day. It is why I decided to uh, become a TEDx organizer and then why I decided to move on from being a TEDx organizer. It is all about keeping the story moving and being able to work with thought leaders, entrepreneurs, authors, human beings who really get up, want to make the world better, have um, influence on humanity. And so that's why we're here today to talk about all that. Lovely, lovely, lovely. So much goodness there. So let's, um, let's, uh, take a quick cheeky pivot um where did your journey start to being a tedx organizer i know two people in the world who have done tedx organizing and they've said it's a real pain in the butt so <laughs> <laughs> why don't you tell us a bit more about that part of your journey Yes. Let me go back and say that I am from a small town in Missouri, Arnold, Missouri, 20 miles south from St. Louis. I knew that I was going to move to New York City and pursue a career in dance. I wanted to dance with Baryshnikov. I wanted to be Gelsey Kirkland. Wow. And I watched PBS and all the dancers and knew that's what I wanted to do. Mm -hmm. So my focus was getting to New York City and pursuing my career in dance. And that's what I did. I moved to New York City three decades ago when I was 20 years old. I danced with all kinds of dance companies, Lucinda Childs, Robert Wilson, Big Dance Theater, many, many more, toured the world, performed in some of the most incredible opera houses. I, I did work with Baryshnikov and moved from being a dancer to the other side of the table. I knew that I wanted to have bigger impact. And my impact when I was a dancer was limited to the amount of time I was on stage and the number of people in the audience. If I stepped back and thought, okay, if I'm a director, if I'm a choreographer, a producer, a writer, I can affect more people at the same time and have a more, more of a ripple effect. Mm. So I stepped into the role of director, choreographer, writer, producer, and was minding my own business in film, television, and theater here in New York City. And, <laughs> and said, I just booked a TEDx. Would you direct me? 
And I thought, yeah, I love TED. I love ideas worth spreading. It's just like a one woman show. We'll do choreography. We'll do blocking. We'll do intention. I'll direct you. I'll do script analysis. Same exact thing. Mm-hmm. And that's what we did. And it was really fun and it was really inspiring. And what I realized that it was different from working with actors because, and I love my actors mm-hmm. and you're working with actors. It's all about them. Mm-hmm. When you're working with a speaker, it's about the idea and it's mm-hmm. about the service. So I got to spend six weeks with this incredible thought leader, Petra Kolber, who talked about the perfection detox and learn from her and be inspired by her as I was helping her prepare for her TED talk. Wow. Didn't think anything of it. And mm-hmm. then she planted a seed, Daniel. She said, you should do this. More people need this. <laughs> Oh, that sounds like a great idea. Let's follow that breadcrumb. Right. So I followed the breadcrumb. I opened myself up. The universe provided me all of these speakers and I had nowhere to put them. As a theater producer, what do I do? I produce shows. What's the best show for speakers? TEDx. Got it. So I applied to get my license for TEDx Lincoln Square here in New York City. Mm -hmm. Produced two years of shows. It was amazing. I loved it, loved it, loved it. Being able to support those speakers to create what I call theatrical academia, which is I had Broadway performers singing. I had a band on stage. I had all kinds of reality around and supporting the speakers. Mm -hmm. And then I knew that I wanted to go bigger. I knew that I wanted to do more with my personal event. So Mm -hmm. back to your original, it was a pain in the butt, not a pain in the butt, but I wanted to have more creative freedom. Got you. I stepped away from being an organizer and moved into creating my own events and then stepped into the role of being able to support other speakers on other TED platforms. Uh, Amazing. And um, Lincoln, Lincoln Center is not a small, that's not a small venue. Well, Lincoln Center was already um, taken, but mm-hmm. Square is in yeah. the vicinity. It's a beautiful park. It's right on 72nd Street. It's, mm-hmm. it's near Lincoln Center. So you're right. It is a big deal. And to be, I, I looked for TEDx Broadway. That was already taken too. I wanted to go big. <laughs> it was one of the most inspiring uh, productions and experiences as a producer that I've had. I loved it. Amazing. So um, now you continue to help people like my friend Valerie. October 10th, make sure you check it out. Um, she's in Chicago, right? TEDx Farmingdale. And you can go yeah. to farmingdale.com and it's brilliant. a stream. It's free. You'll enjoy it. Brilliant, brilliant. Um, and you basically now go to bat for people, supporting them, getting to this stage, taking them through the entire process, getting everything spruced up and ready. Hint, hint. That's what I'm doing at the moment. And then, um, and then supporting them all the way through and getting that message out. Have there been any, any stories that have been really, really juicy for you getting fired up to, to really keep, keep this going? Has there been any stories along this journey that have really, really lit you up? Well, the, the reason to work with speakers is to help them tell their story in a way that is the most impactful. Mm-hmm. And I say this all the time, you have a story, your voice matters, and you have a story. Whoever you are, you mm-hmm. have a story. And there are 7.8 billion people on the planet, which means there's at least one person who mm-hmm. needs to hear it. Mm-hmm. When I take on a speaker, it's really important that I know that their desire to share this story is meant to serve. And it's not about getting as many likes or as many eyes on their YouTube channel as possible. Mm -hmm. 
out sharing their message and their story in order to help someone. Mm. And if I know that that's where they're coming to the table with me, then they're a good fit. Got it. I've been working with speakers who talk about mental health. They talk about grief. They talk about uh, artificial intelligence. Uh, I work with Sarah Montana from TEDx Lincoln Square who talks about forgiveness. Mm -hmm. And her story about forgiveness starts with the fact that her mother and brother were murdered on Christmas Eve. That is a very difficult story to tell. Mm-hmm. And when she first applied to TEDx Lincoln Square through the application process, I thought there's no way she's going to be able to tell this story without me feeling sorry for her or feeling bad mm-hmm. for myself. Mm-hmm. So I gave myself the challenge of asking her to create a video submission. Mm-hmm. And to this day, Daniel, it was one of the most beautiful submissions I've ever received because she's sitting in her room across from the computer, no lighting, it's blue light, and she's just talking to us. And it was magnificent. I'm working with a woman right now uh, who is talking about life brand and generational brand and um, how it's so important for us to understand the power of social media mm-hmm. as young people and how mm-hmm. that affects us later in life. Um, Valerie, of course, is talking about intuition mm-hmm. and creativity in the time of COVID. Mm-hmm. Um, there's so many incredible, I have the privilege of supporting so many incredible speakers who want to speak on a TED stage so that they have the opportunity to serve more people. Taking a TED stage is not easy. Mm-hmm. You not only have to apply to lots and lots and lots of different events before you get chosen, because it's really about the organizer. They are choosing you. You might mm-hmm. have the most amazing idea. You might be the most If you're going to give yourself the data, you might have more stages than someone else, but that doesn't matter. It's about the idea worth spreading and whether or not the organizer feels that your idea is the right fit for their stage. And speaking from a curation point of view, if I'm producing a show, I look at the show holistically. So if I have five people sending me applications on mental health, I'm not going to do five speakers because that's too many about the same idea. So when you're applying think really um, clearly that if you get a no, it's probably not yet. And it's Mm -hmm. most likely not personal. First of all, Mm -hmm. it's never personal. And it's usually because you didn't fit in within the curation process of creating the show. So that really gives people some background. So, I mean, I was very blessed and that my prayer was answered literally, I think it was the next day or that day. Cause I, I, I sort of um, taken up the idea that I wanted to share a big idea a couple of years ago. And um, I'd, I'd started to sort of go down the road and I understood the importance of mentorship with this. So I I'd sought out a mentor and something nudged me not to pull the trigger on it. And I didn't, but this time, and this is why I knew it was, it was the right time. Literally this, I think it was like Friday. It was a Friday or Saturday. I was like, yeah, do you know what? I think it's time to get this, get this stuff out there. And then Valerie, literally, who, who, she's a busy bird. You know, she, we catch up every, every couple of months, we'd have a little cheeky catch up, but she was like, Hey, I've got to tell you this. And blah, blah, blah. So for people that feel it's the time's right, you know, things have clicked into place. They've, they're ready to hear the call. Um, how do I put this without it coming out another way? Um, is it smart to get some help when going down this road? This is such a great question. And I can mm-hmm. literally 
answer this with an incredible TED talk. There's an amazing <laughs> uh, top of mind, but it's about the importance of getting coaching. Mm-hmm. And this surgeon uh, talks about how he brought a c- very successful surgeon. He brought mm-hmm. a coach into his operating room after he realized that tiny adjustments could actually increase his patient success. Wow. So, yes. Everyone needs a coach. Mm-hmm. I is as a dancer mm-hmm. I is now as for business. Mm-hmm. Uh, James Gandolfini had a coach on set, one of the most successful, talented actors of our time. Mm-hmm. When you decide to go bigger, mm-hmm. move beyond mediocre, mm-hmm. know that you are ready for the next level absolutely have someone support you. And it doesn't mean you have to pay someone. It means have someone support you. Find a mentor, hire a coach, get in a community where you can trust everyone's feedback. Mm-hmm. No one can do anything by themselves. That's why communities are so important. That's why my community, the Big Talk community is so important. And I have speakers in my community who've been speaking for 30 years and being paid five figures and Mm -hmm. 18-year-old speakers who are from the Philippines who are just starting out who want Mm -hmm. to learn. And trust me, they're all learning from each other. So yes, having the support when you decide to up-level is paramount because you need someone who's going to push you be honest with you and to guide you so that you have the most success. Amazing. Um, I want to talk about big talk, but before I forget, I want to come back to the process of you deciding um, there in Arnold that you were going to go to New York and making that actually happen. Did you have a process behind what you're doing? Were you following some guidance or was it just... um, an inner knowing, a determination, a certainty that you were going to make that happen? There was definitely an inner knowing that I wasn't conscious of until Mm -hmm. much later. Mm -hmm. And there was always determination, grit, um, discipline. Mm -hmm. I was in dance school the entire time. So from age seven to age 17, I was in dance school. And Mm -hmm. my teacher, Sharon McGuire, she would take me to New York every summer. Um, And I would study with Frank Hatchett. I would study at the Broadway Dance Center when it was actually still on Broadway at Steps. And I got to know the city and I I got to know the possibility. Mm. And that for me is what kept my eye on the prize. I knew what the dance studios felt like, smelled like, tasted like. I knew that I could live here if I could visit here and travel here and learn how to ride the subways and understand how it all worked. And The one decision that my parents made for me was that they were going to put me in college. I would have gone from high school to New York. Mm -hmm. My parents said, you're going to go to college, period. And I thought, well, I have to. They're my parents. (laughs) So what I did was I signed up at university Mm -hmm. and I went to take dance classes at Stevens College, which was a liberal arts college in the same town. Mm-hmm. And what happened my first semester is I was taking so many dance classes, they offered me a full scholarship. So I transferred, wow. got a dance degree, moved it three years later. I did an accelerated program, two summers, three years so I could get to New York. So yes, it was very clearly thought out. Mm-hmm. And the little caveat was I, I went to college in between. And I'm so grateful that I did that because the three years of going to a woman's college gave me the tenacity, the courage, and the 
intuition that I have now that I use in all of my work. That's beautiful. So it wasn't just looking at pictures of you on Broadway, you were going to the city every summer, you were making moves to get yourself there, you kept your eyes on the prize, you were doing effectively two degrees at the same time, like going to two schools at the same time. You went all in. I tend to go all in with everything. <laughs> and that's probably a, uh, something that's brought you the, the success that you've seen and, and supported other people in finding. Let's um, come back from my nosiness now back to um, back to the big talk. Talk, talk about the, the big talk a little bit. So this is a, a community of people who have a message to share and who are effectively taking up the gift of your... You're lighting the way to them, sharing that with the world. Is that a good description? It's a great description. When I started the company in 2017, after working with Petra and becoming a TEDx producer, and then realizing that I had an opportunity to really elevate humanity by helping more and more people share their message, I realized not everybody can come to New York and work with me personally. Not everybody can come to New York and be part of my speaker salon. So how do I work with speakers globally so that we can have the kind of ripple effect we want to have. And that's when I founded the Big Talk Academy. And it's really meant to bring together speakers from all over the world. We've had speakers from Sweden, the UK, the Philippines, Singapore, Malaysia, um, Australia, and the US, of course. And it is meant to create a community to support one another. I always say that in this community, you might be on stage alone, but you are never by yourself. And we talked about the importance of coaches. And I truly believe that when you are supportive and being supportive, then you can really achieve even more greatness greatness than you imagined. There's no ego in my community. Mm-hmm. And our values are very, very top of mind. They include inclusion, respect, excellence, curiosity, and love, and that and dignity. And that is why the Big Talk Academy is so important because I want to bring together as many speakers as possible who literally become certified in this program at the end so that TEDx organizers, speaker bureaus, conference organizers know they've gone through my process, which means they are A-level speakers. Amazing. Amazing. And we'll pop some details in the, um, underneath in the description for people to, to connect with your team and to find out a bit more about that, because I'm sure, especially after this next question, that there are people now who are intrigued about how they can start to get some of that community, get some of that accountability, that direction, that leadership, and also just that leveling up in their speaking so that they can share their message because most people here that are going to be listening to or watching this definitely are are all about dreaming with their eyes open, taking that thing that they're here to do and adding value to the world through it. So uh, without further ado, um, what about someone who's sitting down watching this or, or listening to this? Or indeed, I'm sure Duncan's done a fabulous job of, of writing a blog in relation to this for us. Um, what if they, they don't really think that their idea is worth spreading or that, you know, there's, there's maybe there's someone that wants to hear it, but they don't believe in their ability to, to deliver it on stage. What would you say to that person? This is such a great observation and question. And what I would say is by not sharing your idea and your message, you are preventing someone from healing 
moving mm. on or growing. Um, and that's the kind of urgency and responsibility I feel when it comes to speaking. Mm. You have something to say and the person out there is meant to hear it. So by withholding that, you're preventing that person from the kind of change they need by hearing your story. I also say that you can learn the techniques of writing, of performing, of pitching. And this is why my work in the Big Talk Academy is so meaningful because there are many speakers who come into the academy with no experience and they walk out fully ready to mm. deliver. They've got product, they know who they want to talk to, and the confidence the mindset has completely shifted because of the support. So if, if you are watching this and you have that tiny, mm, I wish I could be a speaker, you already are a speaker. You mm. just need some mentorship. You just need some community support and the guidance of how to do it so that you have the most impact. Wow. Well, guys, the gauntlet's been laid down. <laughs> <laughs> The gauntlet's been laying down. If you aspire to, claim to, have taken up the mantle of healing, supporting, um, bringing change, and you've heard that niggle, because let's have a, not everybody's going to get the call, but there are those that, that have had the call, then I suppose it's time to start talking because you have a voice and people need to hear what you have to say. Thank you so much for that. Um, are there any like last nuggets or words of wisdom, any such thing that you'd love to share with uh, the listeners stroke watchers before we end? I, I always share Daniel with my speakers that the moment you walk onto a stage, I always direct them to accept the gift from the audience before you give them your gift. And that exchange is so powerful because they're giving you the gift of their time and their attention. Mm-hmm. And when you step onto that stage or into that red circle, take in all of those amazing human beings who are l- witnessing you mm-hmm. and then give them your gift. Allow them to receive. Mm-hmm. Amazing. Thank you. That's yummy. So guys, you heard it here first. You've met this uh, angel. <laughs> um, be sure to connect. Um, we'll pop your website there. But for those listening, what's your website? It's trishabrook.com. That's T-R-I-C-I-A-B-R-O-U-K.com. Brilliant. And it's got UK at the end, so you definitely know it's good. Go ahead and check that out. Uh, Connect with Trisha on social media and so on and so forth here on LinkedIn. Um, Check out about the Big Talk Academy. If it's not, even if it's not a TED family talk that you want to get into, maybe you want to do Goldcast, maybe you want to use virtual platforms, which I know um, as of September 2020 is a big thing. Still, the surgeon, guys, the surgeon who'd gone through years and years and years and gone through residency and all that delightful stuff and been checked off as being okay to go out there and save lives, still got coaching there in the, in the, in the, 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 the operating room. You are in the operating room of people's lives. You're out there, you're on the front line, you are sharing a message, you are empowering change, you're transforming people, you're coaching them. You've heard the call to take this to the next level and to share it with more people. Be like the surgeon, be like the surgeon. Thank you so much for your time. And for those of you who don't know the, which is gonna be everyone, I'll tell you the secret. We were meant to be doing this on a Friday afternoon. Um, At the penthouse next to mine, they decided 
that they were still going to be ripping up the roof <laughs> a week later. And Trisha kindly offered me her Sunday morning. So really, really grateful for that. Deeply appreciate it. Mm-hmm. Uh, guys, again, head over to trishabrook.com. Be sure to check out my socials as well. Um, follow the journey. You're going to start seeing more piece, bits and pieces about my journey coming up here soon. And remember that you can consciously choose a more abundant, joyful, purpose-driven life. Bye for now. Thanks so much for listening to this episode of Duel with Dan with your host, Daniel McGenna. For more great content and to stay up to date, visit dmpotv.com. We'll catch you on the next episode of Do It With Dan. Dan.